You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hey guys, it's Will Arnett, and you're listening to Flying Casual. Thanks, Will. Boy, that was that was Will Arnett, guys, here leading off the podcast. Really appreciate him uh, stopping by to record that intro. And you are listening to Flying Casual, an all-Star Wars podcast, folks. We are back for yet another week of discussion of The Bad Batch, episode five, question mark? Yes. Yes. Period. Period. Five, period. Okay. What's the title, Holly? Rampage. Rampage. I think here in America we say rampage, but that rampage. Was, that was the main that was, through a bit. That was, the, yeah. And we then were, I get confused yeah. that I looked at Luke. <laughs> Give me affirmation that I am from the United States. Somebody, please. Sorry, I'm still thrown off by Will Arnett listening to the podcast. Well, I was as shocked as anybody. You can imagine, like, yeah, that's pretty I, big. It was nice of him to stop by, but he, it left yeah. so abruptly So abruptly. Well. Yeah, I think he said he was shooting a uh, Batman 2 Lego movie, uh, oh, something too. about that, which actually could be my favorite Batman movie of all time. Oh, there is a Batman 2. You haven't seen the Lego Batman movie. I haven't Batman seen movie. any. The only Lego movie that I've seen yeah. is the most recent Star Wars one that came out. That's not yeah. true. I saw the actual Lego movie, and I didn't really get it. Yeah, I never saw that one. Even though my doppelganger, apparently, was yeah, in that one, yeah. right? Yeah, Pratt's in that. Yeah, yeah Mr. Pratt, my, my, my doppelganger. People mistake him, you know, a lot for me. So that's understandable. I get it. Oh. I'm a little more handsome, but... <laughs> Holly, how you doing? I, a little smitten. Will Arnett stopped by, obviously, but uh, we got the mainness out. The New England's gone now. We can all go back to saying rampage, right? <laughs> Just to be clear, yeah. it's rampage. Rampage. <laughs> I had an accent aigu, and we can be French. No? Rampage. 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 Yeah. You doing is, well? Which is so stupid because I watch Archer all yeah. the time, and one of the things that he yells all the time yeah. is rampage. When he's Something in a bad offensive, mood. I'm sure. Yeah, Everything's offensive. Everything's but anyway, offensive. well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, everything's <laughs> offensive. That's our slogan. That's the new Flying Casual slogan. Flying Casual, everything's offensive, period. You could be a dick now as long as you're offensive. Yeah. No, don't. I take that back. Well, maybe the slogan is everything's offensive? Question, Question mark? mark. I don't know. I don't know, but you're doing well. You're doing well. <laughs> yeah. I am. Thank you. That's good. No problem, Holly. <laughs> you're welcome. Luke, how you doing? Welcome back. Uh, two weeks in a row straight. Uh, COVID free in this household. We're not spreaders. Uh, we're vaccinated. How you doing, buddy? It's it's like it's like life again. I know, isn't it? It's fantastic. Congregating, yeah. Breathing each other's <laughs> air. It's great. <laughs> There's a lot of disgusting things going on right now, and have been well, but for we're all past times. The yeah. licking elbows. We've moved on to very much more personal things. Breathing each other's air. Yes, right into it, right into my mouth hole. Yeah, <laughs> every crevice. Um, it's actually really disgusting. Like, I mean, we've known for years and years and years how like disgusting humans are and how we interact with each other and what we're sharing. But to see all the evidence from all the research into COVID was very traumatizing. Then, hey, COVID not dead yet, but like, I mean, every like I'm seeing all this footage from like spring breaks and stuff, and it's just like disgusting. <laughs> now we're a little more aware, maybe not. That's just me. Yeah, I saw yeah. some girl today on Facebook. Yeah. She was like, I'm not scared to go back into society Come again. I just don't want to. 
that's that's it's perfectly fair. acceptable. Also, like we are yeah. still in a pandemic, so maybe yeah. take it easy on the large congregations Amen. of yeah people. Yeah. But yeah. We believe in science on this podcast. Well, well I'll speak we? for myself. I, I believe. I, I believe know. in science I, on this podcast. I, it, the jury's still out for Lucas. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if we're. I believe in uh, Star Wars science. Exactly. Hey, I believe in sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, Is that sci-fi? Um. Fantasy. Don't don't bait me into this conversation <laughs> because people have given me so much shit over the years for saying Star Wars is sci-fi and fantasy. I'm sorry. It's not just sci-fi. There's there's so many fantastical things about Star Wars, but we're not gonna. You're trying to bait me. I understand <laughs> okay, that. I you're gonna hijack be, the conversation. I it would be a good conversation. No, it's not because I'm gonna get a lot of shit for it again. But in my opinion, Star Wars is sci-fi and fantasy. Period. Period. No question. Mark. <laughs> um, but uh, guys, uh, episode five, rampage, ramp, rampage. Rampage. It's a rampage, Michael. We're not certain. Get it right. We're not, we're, rampage episode five. Um, Holly, you and I hadn't seen the episode yet, but but Luke texted us and said, guys, <laughs> a really enjoyable episode, an origin story that I didn't know that I needed. And I, I was that. just like, wait, what? This is like... Luke, if, if if Luke was getting an origin story about the Bad Batch, I don't feel like he would have been so compelled to share that. Like, eh, the bad, we're, none of us are that invested. But, like, I was like, okay, who are who are we going to see here? So the entire time I'm watching the episode, I'm like, who's it going to be? Boy, had no freaking clue that that was, that was going to happen. Had no idea. And I know there's some controversy around this individual, this character, this creature. Um, and we're going to get to that too. But overall, Holly, you you enjoyed R- Rampage, right? Rampage. Rampage. Yes, it was a good episode. Yeah. I just like. Come on. I don't know. I feel like every episode that we watch, I like Omega. Not that I didn't like Omega yeah. in the beginning of the Team show. Omega. But I like Omega more and more. Yeah. I just think that her character is developing a lot now. And yeah. she has a good sense of humor. And I feel like she's fitting right in kind of balancing out the seriousness yeah. and some of the goofiness of the show. I just, maybe she's our like moral compass in the show. God, I hope so. But I really like this episode. I think that they're getting more action packed, but not, uh, not as dark as they were a few episodes ago. It's getting pretty serious. Yeah. I talked to, uh, talked about that. Some of the, uh, yeah. some of our patron guys the other night, it's just a little shocking. And I straight up asked them, like, are you guys letting your kids watch it? And they're like, for the most part, um, but yeah, so, uh, uh, I don't know, a little lighter tone, you know, it was pretty, a lot of the stuff we learned here was pretty comical. I guess, I, I, I guess, yeah. I guess you could say I did read somebody's argument that maybe it wasn't quite as light. If you know everything that happens with Jabba and what he likes yeah. to do with his exotic pets yeah. that he brings yeah. in. So yeah, I thought that that was actually a good take on it. Um, That's a good point. But if you're looking at the show at face value, yes, I think it was a good I think time. It was lighter. Yeah, creatures being creatures, you know. Yeah, are they enslaved? Yes, but hey, we all felt good about that episode, right? <laughs> when you say it like that, yeah, really shitty episode. Yeah. I know, I know. You're right, Luke. What did you think? I mean, uh, creatures' rights aside, did you enjoy the episode? I think it's perfectly fitting to describe it as one of the more like lighthearted, funny episodes of the mm-hmm. series, which is funny. 
to say that because it ultimately revolves around um, slave traders, yeah. slavery yeah. as well, yeah. which is a, a heavy topic. But the spirit of the episode overall is definitely, yeah. definitely full of uh, laughs and and, Absolutely. and funny little moments throughout. So I totally agree. As sort of uh, weird as it is when you look at sort of the the main issue at hand, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, speaking of, you mentioned the text earlier. You know, I like to yeah, get Jesus. on get on Disney Plus pretty early on Friday mornings, get a quick viewing in yeah. of the new episode, and I'm pretty confident Holly and Michael haven't watched it yet when yep. I do that. So if I send them a message, it has to be right. fairly vague. That's I don't right. want to give anything it away. It. And I think this is only the second second episode of the whole season so far that has prompted me to do that early morning Absolutely. text. Absolutely. It was the series premiere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elicited a fire, fire, fire emoji <laughs> text. Yep. He did. He after did. I watched about eight minutes of the first episode. Yep. And then this one, I think, was the only other time I've done yeah. that. Shoot off yeah. the vague, intriguing, initial thoughts text yeah. after seeing it to you. And uh, so I think that's that must speak to uh, its impact on me. Absolutely. Luke, Luke is our, our, our moral compass and our, you know... He, he, I don't think Luke's ever going to lead us astray. There's only a couple times where Luke and I have ever disagreed on how we felt about an episode, and it was the Ahsoka one. And you did send a text, I think, that morning, and I was just like, okay, I know it's coming, but we just weren't on the same page on that one. But I think I actually, on the latest Casual Council, said it was my least favorite episode of season oh, two. Of tear my heart out. I know. I, I know. I just I can't. I, it's something about it. I don't know what it is. But... Uh, so Luke, we can always depend on Luke to give us a, a good nod of, hey, yeah, this has got to be a good one. And this one definitely was super enjoyable. And I'll tell you this. I knew things were shifting when uh, the character Sid was speaking to a hologram. And I was like, God, that sounds like Pip Fortuna. And then I was like, okay, we're going in a different direction here. We're going to, you know, it wasn't Jabba, but we're getting introduced to his clan here in the early stages. And. Uh, was not expecting what we got, but uh, definitely knew that things were switching there. Maybe things could get a little more comical. But, uh, yeah, so I, I guess one of the biggest discussions right now in, in Star Wars is is this creature, uh, is this rancor, uh, Moochie, right? This Moochie. Moochie, the old uh, baby adolescent rancor. Um, that is apparently being captured or being captive to uh, some slave traders. So it was nice. Uh, it was awesome that the, the entire Bad Batch was misled into thinking it was this, you know, you know, green scaly youngling. Uh, I thought that was cool, and we're gonna break her out, and we're gonna you do the right thing. And then when they learn it's this disgusting creature, they don't just turn and say, "This is stupid." They actually, you know. The mission is still the same, you know? Yeah, maybe before the credits, but they still did the right thing. Um, so, But the, 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 the conversation right now with Moochie is, is Moochie the freaking rancor from episode six? And I posed that question when Holly and I were watching it for a second time, and Holly's like, nah, it's not. Because Holly's been in deep in the conversation right now <laughs> that is uh, this Moochie debate. Uh, Holly, what are you seeing on the interwebs? Okay, actually, it was completely by accident. Okay. When we were watching the show today, mm-hmm. and I read very quickly in an article, there was this one sentence that said, Rancor native to Dathomir. Yeah. And I was like, well, I didn't know That's that. That's awesome. Did not know that. That's cool. Yeah. So I looked it up, had to Wikipedia that, mm-hmm. 
And sure enough, fun fact, according to Wikipedia, Rancor are native to Dathomir and Felucia. There's jungle Rancor, Ooh, I found out. I think that they're actually seen yeah. in the Clone Wars in season four. But She's like a freaking just reference book now of Star Wars facts. We might have to have you write one. Maybe God. Disney will. Yeah, maybe. Get me on some trivia. Let's go. Do a watercolor uh, don't, encyclopedia. Don't okay. joke about the trivia. I'll get you on a okay. creature's trivia with Luke <laughs> Zelda. We'll see who wins. Me. Um, okay. Mm. Anyway. So then I read that the Night Sisters would kind of like train the Rancor to get rid of the colonizers that would try to come in and get all the magic. So I thought that was pretty badass. I love the Night Sisters. But anyway, then I was reading, you know, Wikipedia always like tells you, has a little section where it's like where you may have seen this character or this creature, what Mm -hmm. appearances they might have made. And so then it said Moochie, referred to Moochie as a girl, as we know from this episode in The Bad Batch. And then it said also seen in, and then it says Jabba's um, Rancor Patissa killed by Luke Skywalker. I was like, those are two different yeah. Rancor. Yeah. Anyway, that was it. I mean, that's <laughs> definitive. Is I mean, if, if Wikipedia is telling us that, I, they had to have gotten these facts from some reference book, Luke, from the 90s, I'm sure. Like... Is this a, the same freaking Rancor? We're just making a name change on some canon? Or is Jabba just a freaking traitor of these beasts? <laughs> and Or he's got a whole pit full under his palace. I mean, what the hell's going on? How how many Rancors are there? I'd, how exactly? Many? In abundance, yeah. apparently. So yeah. to, go, to go back to the infamous text message yeah. that, that has been lighting the, the uh. world ablaze. Uh, I I led you to believe yes. that this is the same Rancor that's in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Which uh, was my impression, honestly, watching Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I think the vast majority, as as sweaty as the Bad Batch audience is compared to Mandalorian probably, yeah. I still think the majority of the audience, when they watch this episode, they see this baby Rancor. Mm-hmm. Roughly, with the show, I think is around twenty-five years before that moment in Return of the Jedi, where Luke is confronting a Rancor in Jabba's palace. The vast majority of people are are going to, I think, get the same impression I did that this baby Rancor, who is ultimately Jabba's, who Jabba wants him her yeah. back, yeah, uh, is is the Rancor we see in Return of the Jedi that yep. Luke has to uh, defeat to save his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I don't. I don't begrudge anyone for that feeling, and I enjoyed feeling that way. Yes. When you get down into the nitty-gritty of the canon yep. details, yep. this is discussed in Aftermath. Son of a... That it oh, was shoot. named Patissa, and it okay. was a male, okay. not a female. Uh, and I, th- I don't have all this research done, but I think Wendig, when he was writing those books, pulled it from somewhere yeah. older in Star Wars lore from yep. some reference book or some game or mm-hmm. something. You know, a lot of these authors have done a great job of even though they said, all right, we're starting the canon over to refresh, reset, and make sure things tie in. A lot of these authors uh, have gone back and pulled things that they knew or liked yep. from the from Legends. Absolutely. To, to show that the, those things are still important. Those are still um, interesting guideposts yeah. or ideas that we yeah. can incorporate even into the new canon as we're refreshing things. So that that's where all that that comes from. Definitively, black and white by the book. No, yeah, it's not the same rancor. But I think that the spirit is there enough that 
Um, just to know that Jabba, how it has Rancor's trades in them. Yeah. This could be, we don't know how quickly Rancor's grow. This could be Patisse's mom, mm-hmm. Patisse's sister. That's very we, true. We don't know what That's Moochie's relation true. is yep. to Patisse. Yep. Oh my. Absolutely. I can see them dedicating an entire episode of some show just, you know, reuniting brother and sister Rancor. Yeah, but wouldn't that be... No? Yeah, but then you know what happens, and friggin' yeah. Luke Skywalker, and... We don't want to pay too much attention to... We can't We can't invest in the Rancors too much, because ultimately we know they live really shitty lives. <laughs> I know. Because everyone just wants to use them, and they can't just let them be the jungle animals that they are. Um, they're using them for some purpose, or enslaving them, or keeping them in their dungeons. Like, it's just... We can't get it too invested. This was... I mean, this was... You were feeling for this little guy there for, and I, uh, until you brought it up after we had watched it a second time, in my mind I'm, I wasn't even going. Oh, he's just going back to probably be yeah. enslaved. <laughs> yes, we're he rejoicing. One one enslaved situation to yeah. another. Although at least yeah. the Bad Batch did come in, like Luke said, and yeah. freed two other yeah. enslaved people. It yeah. looked like maybe a dad and his child. Yeah, and if this so. Uh, we all feel confident. Yeah, it's a different creature, and there's. I'm sure. I'm sure Wendig's story is still canon, and whatever references they've made to the episode six Rancor. But I mean, they've been changing canon. You know, when when Kathleen Kennedy came out in 2000, God, 12, and said everything is going to matter. Every comic you read, every book you read, everything you read, the shorts, they're all going to matter, and it's all tied in. So to speak, like they've they've changed some things as we've gone on. First episode, Caleb Dune, uh, things changed. I mean, even his master's lightsaber color was different. People were up in freaking <laughs> arms about Wait, that. They were. They were. Yes, they thing? were pissed. And so, if you're gonna, if you're now gonna go back and change details of the one of the you know installments from the original trilogy, which. We've done that too. We've added some some conversations with Han and, and uh, Greedo. It pisses McClunky. people off. McClunk. <laughs> it pisses people off. But I mean, even something like as silly as the Rancor, that at face value, if you just watch the movie and never investigate anything, you would have no idea. You'd be like, "This is the same creature." And that, like Luke said, yeah. we're deep and sweaty. We did that too, and that's fine. I think we're never probably going to revisit that again. You can just safely assume that was that creature, and you'd be fine. Unless we get an episode dedicated to reuniting the two, and then they both end up, you know, just enslaved or dead. Boy. Sorry, I missed that that camera shot on you, Holly. Give him the hatchet to the rancor. It was a lightsaber. Which... Thank you. You're right. That would only make sense in Star Wars. I'm an Can idiot. You imagine? I don't think Jedi, hatchets exist in Star Jedi Wars. Jedi wielding yeah. hatchets. It would actually, probably pretty intimidating. The Nile probably do something like that. Oh. I could see some beheadings. Yeah, that, well, that's hatchet. what it was. Yeah. This is a wild tangent, but that's what was so weird about the Knights of Ren that they were, yes, outfitted with all these like medieval weapons. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it was like, why? This is Star Wars. Even in the old <laughs> Republic, they had the same technology. And that was thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands of years ago. It's like, when were they using giant axes to kill people? Ever? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think they've always had laser swords. Every, yeah. Since, like, you know, man, Laser. Yeah. Enhanced things. Vibroblades, yes. they say a lot. Exactly. 
Yeah. yeah usually not just a blade. And none of them had the, is it, it Maybe it was simply because Ren... See, now Luke's got us going down on our tangent. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. it's perfect. No, because, it's not a tangent. It's fine. Yeah, No, it's... No, that, that's why I'm... Because I go on a lot of tangents. And once I start, it'll stop. That's why it's I depend on you guys to cut it off. Um, phrasing. Um, no. That's uh-uh. terrible. Um, it, it, you remember <laughs> the comics where we were talking about the, the Ren and the Knights of Ren? He was very just like... I don't know what the what the right word is. He's just was so it, it, to me it seemed like he was worried about losing his position within the Knights of Ren. He was the dominant one and these are the followers and no one's ever going to my position is never jeopardized. But maybe it was him who said no one else gets laser swords. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you could stab me in the back. A hatchet, I'll feel it coming. A laser <laughs> sword, that's a different ball game. <laughs> so he was the only one that really wielded anything, I but think. But we feel like, like- the Jedi or the technology yeah. in Star Wars peaks at like the beginning of the Clone Wars. The beginning of time, I think it peaks because technology, when you look back at the old Republic stuff that they're probably going to reinvent and recanonize, nothing is really different. I guess you the can clothing argue, is a little different. I guess for technology, you can argue probably Rogue One is the peak because then we get yeah. the Death Star, yeah, and weaponizing. Synthetic kyber crystals. In I, terms I of destructive know. technology, yeah. 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 True. Yes. Yeah. Destructive technology. Yeah. Yeah. Not to continue to no, take let's too go. long. Let's go. Let's but take, let's the do one it. thing that is uh, the technology is different in the High Republic so far is that in the time of the High Republic stories, they're just now starting to develop. Uh, Bacta as a health treatment. Yes. Oh. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's or Bacta, you know, here Bacta, in the Bacta, states. Bacta. Uh, it's re- it's replacing some other iteration of something that they have, but yes. that that has been to me the only right. significant uh, in hyperspace travel technological right? difference. Yeah, there's a little bit little going bit on there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, you're right, and it's just it's I make fun of it so much because the old Republic stuff from the games it all looks the same. Like literally the speeders, nothing's changed in thousands of years. Um, so it's just kind of funny. Laser swords haven't changed. It's all they. I think they just peak. Look, if yeah, it right. ain't broke, don't, don't fix, fix it. it. Um. Well, back to rampage. Oh yeah, rampage. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we were talking rampage. about. Rampage. 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 <laughs> I love it so much. Um, that will never die. Probably this entire episode. <laughs> but my next episode, Holly, I promise it'll die. <laughs> it won't. It won't. Um. What What else stuck out to you guys? There was um. I did not even notice this probably until the second time I watched it, Luke. But there was a moment where Wrecker in the ship shakes his head and Hunter's like, you okay or whatever. And he's like, and he walks away. I never noticed anything before now, but I'm hearing that people are saying, oh, yeah, this has been going on. I I didn't pick up on it. But something's wrong with the dude's head. And I'm going to say it's probably from all the concussions he's had to have had his entire life. Or, Or... or your inhibited chip. Inhibited chip. It seems like they're hinting that something could happen with Wrecker, which pisses me off because I'm I'm now Team Wrecker. Like I wasn't before. Like this dude's stupid. Yeah, you were cool. Team Crosshair. I was. Now well, look what happened to that. No, guy. I was never <laughs> Team Crosshair. I called him out from the beginning. I was like, guys, a douche. He's totally uh. flipping. Um, but I'm just now Team Wrecker, and then it feels like they're gonna yank him right, right, r- yank the rug right out from under me. What the hell's going on with him? Yeah, what's the Will Smith movie about the doctor who? Did I am that? legend. No, 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 it's a different ones. 
the uh, the doctor who studied the concussions. Oh, the uh, he's a real guy. Uh, yes, CT the CTE researcher yep. about like sports concussions leading to um, CTE. Uh, somebody needs to take a look at Wrecker's head. It I could know. be the inhibitor chips, or yeah. it could just be all the blunt force trauma this guy <laughs> goes through. <laughs> uh, he might be developing CTE, but no, yeah. I, it's. it's it's interesting to me that you mentioned like this hasn't been a big thing for you watching the show because I kind of missed it. Yeah. Too. Um, partially because of the way I watch these, sometimes it's more of an auditory experience. Sometimes for me, I'll watch them a lot of times, but not always uh, in an opportunity where I can really focus visually. Yeah. But I'm always listening. Yeah. So I get kind of a podcast version of the Bad Batch in some ways. <laughs> so I kind of, for whatever reason, I I kind of miss that headache thing too. But yeah, hey, I'm seeing a lot of the discussion online and into analysis and things yeah. that are talking about it um, and how it, it does seem to be foreboding mm-hmm. some, something going on with his in, inhibited chip yeah. that uh, will be devastating because Wrecker's like the most um, sort of fun loving yep. character. Um, he has this great uh, sibling relationship mm-hmm. with yeah. Omega. There was the great line, great part of this episode where, um, when Sid is is bashing the rest of the Bad Batch and saying, yes. you know, Omega's the brains of the operation. You, you you guys are idiots except for Omega. And in the background, Wrecker high-fives Omega because yeah. that's a compliment <laughs> for her as, as Sid is making fun of the rest of them. That's a great scene. So he, yeah. like, he like is so, like, loving and supportive of mm-hmm. Omega. And you just – it's really freaky to think about maybe – him being at some point a danger to her yeah. if something goes on with the chip or whatever, whatever's going on with his head. I just, at first I thought, you know, yeah, one of the brothers kind of goes down. Maybe there's a sacrifice. Maybe Crosshair never, you know, maybe he never comes back and, and they kind of live with that. But then I was like, another? Could this happen to another? And how's that going to affect the story? It feels like it could be setting us up for some sort of reveal with Omega Holly, are you getting any vibe? since we've seen them forming that relationship now? They're they're making a point to show that Wrecker's really invested and she loves him. Hey, look at my doll! Like even when he's got his head thing going on, well, they're, they're they're setting us up for something. It feels. I think that between her and Tech, they have a lot of knowledge about the inhibitor yeah. chips and also like. Sorry, what was that? Inhibitor <laughs> chip. Okay, that was just pretty good. <laughs> but they have a lot of knowledge about it and also she's been a medical assistant and they never explicitly said it but I would imagine that she has at least observed yeah. types of surgeries for either like implanting yeah. or modifying the effects of the chip that's just my opinion though but so I would imagine that you're probably onto something I haven't really thought about it until you just said it yeah. but you're probably onto something where you know maybe we're going to see some sort of like interaction. If he does turn, maybe they're going to try to save him Mm -hmm. and they're going to be able to figure it out. Maybe that would lead later down the road to them and crosshair having another sort of interaction. I don't know for sure, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I think you're onto something there. Yeah. It just seems too, I don't know. We joke about the concussion thing, but like in reality, especially after, you know, Buttonheads with that rancor, the dudes needs to see a doctor. So it's not like they're really playing up on that as like a joke, like something's going down. It's just very subtle right now, but it seems like they're setting it up 
to where she's either going to have to intervene or she's going to be put in danger and 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 something's going to happen. Some it's going to trans it's going to change the story completely. Well, and I think at some point we're due for another sorry. um check in with Crosshair, right? Because we haven't seen yeah, him in a few episodes. Come on. So I imagine, I mean, they amped him up to 11 as Luke yeah, says. Yeah. And then what? They're just going to let him go and he's going to try to find the rest of the bad batch that have yeah run away. I mean, we already know that somebody's looking for them yeah. and we thought it was the Kaminoans. So, I mean, it would make sense yeah. if, if he would be going after them too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that is going to make a difference in how Wrecker's been acting. If Crosshair comes back into an episode and crosses paths with them again, I'm not sure, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, some things we did learn. We saw, you know, the hollow of Fennec Shan. Sid's like, I have no idea who this is. And then a couple minutes later, all right, here's everything I know about uh, Fennec Shan. We know that she's new to the scene. I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Uh, but has a reputation already for being a savage, apparently. It's like, oh, she's she, you're on her radar? But it's like you just said she's new to the scene, so she's very impressive. We already know that. Um, but, yeah, so then it, it just... Then my mind is, I'm still asking myself, like, who is she working for then? If she is new to the scene, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's Boba Fett, you know? Would the Kaminoans seek out someone who's just, I mean, I don't know. If she's as ruthless as they say she is, maybe they were aware of her. But I don't know. I I just, I'm still confused. But I thought it was interesting that we learned a little bit about, uh, about her and that she's, you know, doesn't seem like she's really attached to anyone right now, but we'll find out. Um, the other bit of information, I mean, just the fact that we're talking about Jabba and his people at this stage in the empire was funny, but very interesting because I talked about it on the last podcast, like, man, like these, these, these clans, these, 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 uh, crime syndicates, like they benefit from this empire kind of coming out of the Republic. And we even hear the enslavers say, now that that pesky, the real dick rabbit guys, what were they? I don't even know who they were, but they look like rabbits and they're real dicks. (laughs) Remember Holly, they were searching the ship and, and, and they're like, oh, yeah. the ship's clear. We're uh, coming back to base. It's like, rabbits. So they're, I think I they're more cat-based. Are they cats? Okay. I don't <laughs> they're remember. the Zagirian yeah. traders. There's a whole okay. arc of uh, the Clone Wars where they See, Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka go to their planet okay. and stuff. And I did not recall that. There's this, <laughs> what I always remember about the uh, the episode, there's a queen on Zagiria, and there's like, a good amount of sexual tension between Hello. her and Anakin. Let's go during the arc, and I'm like, "This interesting. is interesting." Cat yeah. lady and Anakin. There's a spark there. See, it would have made more sense if they were rabbits. Okay, I, I don't how exactly. I don't know. You know the old thing, <laughs> rabbits. And, no, anyway. I mean, yes, rabbits are known to reproduce, reproduce rapidly a lot, but I I wish I could pull those bits of knowledge from like Clone Wars. I just I, there's not enough space up here. Plus <laughs> Jessica Rabbit. Jessica, who's that? From who from, kill, killed who Roger, Rabbit? Roger Rabbit? Oh, oh my god, god I love you know? that movie. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't even remember the title, but it was a great, great film. What, also, what it's a little you, scandalous. You said who killed Roger who killed Rabbit? Roger, who framed Roger <laughs> Rabbit? You know who I was going for. Like I said, there's not much space up here for knowledge. Um, those guys were dicks. 
Um, and but they themselves said, "Hey, this pesky uh, republic's gone now with this empire. Like we could start flexing our muscles and doing what we're doing, slaving people." And yeah, cool. Um, so I'd mentioned that kind of last podcast, but what I thought was really interesting is that as 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 prominent and as you know as scary as Jabba and his clan are, as we know in the original trilogy, they're seeking out a bounty hunter or somebody to go find one of their prized possessions. I thought that was fascinating because in my eyes, they have their own people to do that and they wouldn't have to go pay somebody to take care of something like this. But like, it's the young stages of Jabba's clan. And I mean, you know, I don't, I don't really picture Bib Fortuna going in and be like, yeah, I'll pay you guys, whatever. Like, just get our thing back. Like it just was, I don't know. It was a tonal shift for me from what I, I think that I'm used to seeing, um, and it's kind of cool. We're seeing this kind of early stages of Jabba and his, you know, maybe not Jabba, but his group. Um, so I thought that was just really fascinating to me, but I don't, maybe not to you guys. I don't know. Seeing the, the, the gangs, <laughs> uh, in their infancy, Luke, what did you think about, uh, I mean, other than the comical stuff about Bib Fortuna and, and the Rancor, what's, what, what, what did you think? Anything that, in particular? I'm kind of running with this, this um thing you've brought up about like why would they need to hire out mm-hmm. somebody if they're this powerful yeah. gang but i'm it, it was played up a lot in the clone wars that the huts are the mafia yeah there's uh yeah. there's an arc that involves like a uh, a hut council and you see a lot of them meeting up about Good their point. criminal empire and, and discussing it and there's a lot of them who are like very uh reminiscent of mob characters yep. in, in ways great point and i think when the when we think of our own world the, the the higher ups in the mob always had kind of plausible deniability because they weren't getting their hands dirty they had yeah. other people who got their sure. hands dirty uh so it's almost like uh or even to be like more cynical it's like uh it's like companies not actually wanting to have employees anymore. Oh, Absolutely. everyone's a contract worker. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> These contract workers aren't actually part of our company. Yeah. Um, so if they really screw up, that's on them. Yes. It's not on us sort of thing. Uh, you're a gig worker. You're not uh, yeah. <laughs> an actual employee. Uh, so it, it, it maybe helps them from a uh, keeping out of the... Uh, um, you know, the criminal uh, prosecution it, so much as that exists, maybe more so in the Republic era. Yeah. And then maybe the Empire is a little more tolerant of their yeah. dealing. So they can start to be more like, oh, these are actually I got our guys. So like by the time we see the um, original trilogy, Boba Fett seems yeah. pretty tight yep. with the Huts at that point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, especially by the time of the special editions where he's showing up on Tatooine in episode four yeah. and everything. Um, so maybe by that point they are like, you're more in the family. Exactly. But right now they're keeping people at arm's length. So they're not, um, as closely tied to them. And yeah. Chapa's just about having a good time, right? You know, the palace is just like a place you can crash party fans playing every hour of the day. So sure, you have enslaved people providing yeah. the entertainment. Ex- yeah. No big deal. Exactly, just a good time, you know, just good vibes only. I think there's actually a fluorescent sign uh, that says that um, it has a palm tree on it. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Um, that would be fantastic, actually. <laughs> what a wonga! And pops out. <laughs> good vibes only. Yeah, totally cool. Um, That's terrible. What was the little eye thing that came out of the door? Uh, it was just like a security thing. Yeah, I think that's That'd a droid. Cool. That would yeah. be cool. I want to put that in my house. No, 
I'm sure people oh, no, have no. rigged their houses up so it looks like they have one of those. Terrifying. There's a guy. There's people out there who've done that. That actually might be a nice deterrent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess, and I had kind of forgot. No, I didn't kind of forget. I completely forgot. Like they sent the Republic out to find Jabba's son. Remember, like at the beginning of the Clone Wars, yeah. it was all based around that story. And I'd completely forgot zero. about that. Like, man, that was, boy, that was rough. I think I actually blocked a lot out of my mind from 2008. You just didn't like it? Oh, I walked out of the movie theater saying, what the hell was, what was this? I I did not know what the hell I was watching. It was weird. Mm. Boy, times have changed completely. At that point, I was just like, we do not trust Lucasfilm animation. The hell is happening? You were one of those people. One of those people. What a flip-flopper. Um... But yeah, it was a fun episode, and I thought it was super cool. Now, we talked about, you know, kind of these crime syndicates and stuff, and, and I want to see more of that. And when I was talking with the guys before we recorded Casual Council, we are talking about Solo. Everyone's talking about Solo right now because people want to make a second Solo, and I admire what you're doing. That's cool. Um, probably never going to happen, but would it be cool? Awesome. But then I got to thinking, where the hell is little... Han Solo during this time period. He would be a young guy, a youngling, a kid mm-hmm. at this point. But like, I thought it would be really cool. Like Omega is still this naive kid. She didn't, she, what's enslavers? What, what is enslaved people? This is crazy. Like she still has a lot to learn. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool if they go to Corellia and it's like the whole lady Proxima thing. Oh, yeah. And maybe she's going to try to help some kid. I thought that would be really cool. Like if we're going to do this, let's, let's go visit some other planets. Let's go to Corellia. I feel like Corellia animated would be amazing. And you could do like Proxima. You could do all these characters. It'd be cool. Um, th- there's a little, you know, a little nod to the folks that want to see more solo action. I thought that'd be sweet. Um, we've done it in Rebels and stuff. We see our, our, our legacy characters um, pop up here and there. I thought that would be kind of a cool opportunity for Omega to learn more about this galaxy because every encounter they have, you're like, oh, wow, she's probably, nope, she's she's still still a lot for her to learn before she can become some hero. Well, and she's um, still also, like, very young. Very young, with a bow a now. Child. <laughs> yeah, with a sick-ass yeah, bow. Yeah, that thing looks awesome, um, which I think we saw some promo material with that. And I didn't even make the connection when we saw it in the, in the slaver's hands. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Let's go. Um, but what else? What else about the episode, guys? I don't really, I, I mean, it was, it was just, it was a feel-good episode. <laughs> but like you said, Holly, it, it really isn't kind of, mm-hmm. right? Well, I think that's something that you can see happening in this episode is that Omega, I think in some of the previous episodes, she was being treated as a child, as she is. And in this episode, she kind of has a little bit more freedom and they're trusting her a little bit more. And then she's actually the one who ultimately starts to rescue the Bad Batch. And you can kind of see them become more of a cohesive group that can work together in these situations. Um, Like Luke said, I really appreciated the high five. But later in the episode, when she realizes that they're captured and she's sneaking in to try to figure out how to help them, I mean, her and Hunter, and then later her and the other guys have kind of like this like language that they just understand. I mean, there's just a lot of nodding and like, like eye glances and she just knows what to do based on like where Hunter is looking and what he's nodding Mm -hmm. at. And then she picks up on their cues when who was it? Tech or Echo Echo. says, makes a comment about like, we don't have any weapons. Like if we had our packs, you would be in trouble. And she's like, Oh, he's telling me that 
I need to get them their packs. Yeah. And I just, I just feel like it's kind of setting you up to see them have these other missions where they're in trouble and they work together to get each other out of it, which I think yeah. is probably pretty important for wherever the show is going to go because she was kind of an outsider, but not really an outsider at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And now she's starting to find her place. Yeah, it seems like every episode that passes, we're just, they inch closer and closer to realizing how big of an asset she can yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, especially after, I mean, yeah. you guys were totally screwed. Also, like, what's happening with their technique? I feel like uh, before they're sneaking in, doing whatever, you know, <laughs> needs to be done in and out in a flash. And now it's just like broad daylight. Like, I mean, you guys got, you guys found out real well, fast. They're desperate for one. They don't have Great any point. money. Yeah. They aren't really sure like where to go. Yeah. They don't really have a place to go because I mean, Crosshair was trying to kill them. They got out of there. Yeah. And also I think that this is kind of new territory for them because it's less of like military operations and more of these like smaller scale, like you were saying, mm-hmm. like the crime syndicates and situations that they maybe haven't necessarily encountered and have a technique to get in and out of. Well, and they're they're also grappling with just like circum like ethical thing like like these yeah. just kind of like decision making where they never had to there's the job. You eliminate that mm-hmm. target. Come back. Go to the barracks. Cool. We're done. Plus, they're missing their sharpshooter, who would always have their back. I was and I think say. that yeah, I yeah. think that's pretty key. It is. I forget that. I think they told Echo that he was the eye in the sky or whatever. I was like, the hell's Echo going to do? <laughs> you know? But it's, yeah, it's what? funny that you mentioned that Holly because uh, Tech is sort of the uh, he he's the audience in a way throughout the show yes. a lot of the yeah. times. In that he knows some of the Wikipedia facts and he can read them yeah. off for everyone else <laughs> in the show so they know. Yeah. And he uh, it basically explains this in the in this episode. He has a line of dialogue like, well, this is a situation we haven't encountered before. So yeah. I don't have data for mm-hmm. the probabilities of That's our right. different actions in this scenario, uh, which is exactly to the points you're saying about, yeah. you know, these are these are different than their military missions and their yeah. military setup where even though they were this uh, – rogue group sort of acting independently from the larger armies of the Republic yeah. and the clones, they, I think, were at least given direction by, you know, like Republic clone intelligence would say, all right, your mission, you got to go here and you got to do this. Now they're off on their own finding their own missions yeah. from people in this seedy underworld. Yeah. And so it is, it's a totally different environment. Uh, I think there, there's, you know, you, you two in these discussions always give me such great jumping off points of things I didn't know I was going to talk about coming into the, the podcast. But I've got two now from what you said. One is what what Holly was talking about. How this is much more of an episode of like seeing the relationships develop between the the, yeah. the characters. It reminds me a lot of like uh, you know earlier animated shows of Star Wars. These seasons are pretty long compared to like mm-hmm. Mandalorian being just eight episodes. So yeah. you get a lot of like forward movement throughout. Whereas these animated shows, when they're serial, uh, tend to be like 20-some episodes long, maybe a season, yeah. and it takes a while to get from point A to point B throughout the season in terms of the, like, the big plot points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, think of Rebel Season 2, You end of Season 1, you start out with the reveal of Ahsoka. Yeah. Vader comes in as a threat that the, the Rebels are dealing with. And then a lot, some of that fades into the background a bit throughout the middle of the season. Yeah. And it's more about like the development of Ezra and some of the other relationships in the team and things like that in the sort of growing of the rebellion. 
and then all of a sudden, you know, at the end of the season, you get the huge finale comes back in where heavily involving Vader and Ahsoka again, sort of tying the the bookends together. Maul comes into play. And so it takes a while to get to those huge major plot points throughout the season. So this to me is is feeling a lot like that in the way that it's developing. And then one of the things I'm enjoying about Star Wars in all aspects at this point is just how, how much depth there is to the world at this point and all the things they can pull in if you're a casual viewer, you're just watching and you enjoy the the great visual effects mm-hmm. and some mm-hmm. of the funny jokes yeah. and the great action. Yep. But for us, being as deep into it as we are, we get um, all these tie-ins from this grand universe we have and all these different media uh, that gets that gets pulled in from time to time. Like you were saying, you know, would it be great if they went to Karelia and we saw like Lady Proxima and her gang and maybe yeah. little Han is working for her in the... Dr. Afra line that's running right now. I just read an issue. I'm a few issues behind, but I just read an issue where Afra goes to Corellia and sees Proxima and talks to Proxima. Uh, And that's a great tie in a different time in the story. Uh, But it fits because now we know that world and we know that character and we know what her gang is about. Exactly. And you can bring them into a story. So I think it's, it's always refreshing to see who gets pulled into these at this point. And it's exciting. Yeah. Like, We've talked earlier um, on the podcast about how much could this tie into Book of Boba Fett. I think it might have been last week or the week before we talked about this. They're starting to drop hints that this might be a really good prelude in, yeah. in a way to Book of Boba Fett, putting Fennec Shand in it. Yeah. Um, Bib Fortuna, yeah. who for the like trailer of Book of Boba Fett we got at the end of Mandalorian season yeah. uh, two. Yep. Yeah. Bib is in that uh, brief scene as well. So it's just great to see um, the expansive universe all linking together in these different ways and, and continuing to reward fans. Going back to the when they change things or mo- modify things, it's funny to me with the Caleb Doom opening of the series and, and saying... There were a lot of people upset about the changes. My initial reaction to that, and I think I said it on the podcast, was I was pleased at how much they honored that initial comic and how much yeah. uh, stayed, they stayed true to it. So it's like a glass half full, glass half empty yeah. kind of view. And I think it comes down to what you bring to it. If you bring to it like, oh, that's great. I read that comic. Yeah, They're rewarding me that I know that that comic exists, even if two details are different or, you know, than exactly. what, how it played out in the comic. I take it as, oh, that's great. That's fun. I read that two years ago and now I'm seeing a version of it play yeah. out beautifully on a big screen or whatever. Yeah. So I, I think you know, just enjoying all those aspects of it. And I think if you come into it wanting to enjoy those tie-ins, uh, it, it, it's easier to enjoy them than get, hung up on like the slight alterations. Yeah. I think that there's a problem in this fandom where people are just over analyzing every single Mm -hmm. detail. And it's like, there are different teams who are working on these. There's different people directing them. There's different information being given. It doesn't have to exactly match something that came out 10 years ago. Like details can change. It's not that big of a deal. It doesn't change the storyline. Somebody's lightsaber color Ultimately, in this case, it's not changing a storyline, mm-hmm. you know, and I just like, 
sometimes I just wonder how exhausting it has to be to kind of like go into these shows with the mindset, like let's find everything and nitpick every detail that we didn't like. So we can talk about that instead of all the stuff that we did like. And I just feel like it has to be hard to be that kind of a fan because like, why are you still watching these if you can't even enjoy it? I ask people that question all the time. (laughs) (laughs) We just had a conversation uh, about that on the last casual council and, and yeah, it's, it's fun to to find connections and stuff, but the moment that the criticism is, it, and I get it. Like people ask, "Well, why? Why did you have to change her lightsaber color?" Maybe there was a reason. Maybe there there was some like Dave Filoni could literally probably explain to you why. Maybe because her character, what was her character name, Luke? Deepa Balaba. Deepa Balaba. Maybe you know. The different, and I'm not a lightsaber expert, but maybe the blue as opposed to the green was more in line with her character and what that what that meant. I don't know. Maybe the the comic writer uh, for the Kanan Jarrus series didn't understand that logic. And maybe and they make it's a just atmospheric perspective. People, have you ever thought? Oh about my that? god! Like, yeah, <laughs> Holly, you just explained it. At yeah, <laughs> different environment. It's just the way that you see the color in your eyes on this planet. Maybe y'all are. It could have been red, for all we know. (laughs) Holly, thank you for explaining that. Put it to rest. As an artist, I had to give my two cents. I think that's. I thank you. Will you you. please? Okay, get back on Twitter, okay, (laughs) and tweet that because I think that can make the rounds. The only lightsaber color that matters is: Are you red? Are you not red? Exactly. Yeah, that's what matters. Is she a Sith? (laughs) Okay, we have a different conversation going. Samuel L. Jackson came along and was just like, "George, can I have a purple lightsaber?" And George was like, "Yeah, you got a purple lightsaber." (laughs) And that's what I'm talking about. But but everyone has to. There has to be some reason behind it, and it can't just be that the blue actually looks cool in the scene. Yeah, matching with his apprentice, met with her apprentice, like it just looks cool. The, the the you're going to run the risk though in retelling these stories that already exist. It's it's mm-hmm. it's it's what's going to happen with Andor. We didn't get a lot with and uh, Cassian and K two, so they're probably going to change some details from the comic, and that's okay. If we're going to get more story behind it, that's okay. But like Luke said, they honored the 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 the, the essence of the story and Caleb Dune and what he went through. They honored that while adding in some flair that maybe could show up, you know, in something else later on. Maybe they run into him later on. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, huh? yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is that like a lot of people like really want to see all these big, like Luke was saying, legacy characters show up in their show. They like mm-hmm. pay me a tribute, pay me a tribute, put them in there, make me happy. But yeah. then when they do that, you do run the risk of overlapping in timelines. And yeah. wait a minute, this show is 25 years before this. That person was only this old, but on the cartoon, yeah. they look this old. Like, that's a complaint I saw about Fennec Shand. Was, well, and the line about how she's new on the scene from Sid yeah. was to establish that she's pretty young at this point. So yeah. you don't have to freak out that she's still yeah. around yeah. 25, 30 years later. Exactly. Yeah. As it turns out, people actually have careers for that long. Yeah. Well, the animated character looks nothing like the actress or Mandalorian. I know. That was online, too. I saw that online. Jesus Christ. It's just like, yeah. people, pick your battles. Pick your battles. I don't, if it's a green or blue lightsaber, so be it. But, yeah. like, it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, you're right. They run the risk of, you know, changing things up, and that, that'll upset people. But it's actually, what's funny is that, 
there's not a lot of people that talk about those comic stories. There's not a lot of people that invest their time into reading them. But boy, when they find out that Star <laughs> Wars Explained did a special and pointed out that it was different, they're up in freaking arms about it. I, I, I don't understand that. Um, but it's a great story. They stuck to the essence of it, and I think that was awesome. Mm-hmm. It's not like they changed and, you know, Caleb Dune and he was, you know, whatever. Um, he was kind of the little cocky ass that we thought he was going to be, and that's exactly who we got. And it, it serves his story later in life, and, and I think that's awesome. Um, and I don't want to see him anymore in the show. I just don't <laughs> like, I think it was a great purpose in the beginning and I think that's it. But, um, I think yeah. that, I think that these creators are, you know, I think that they're on a tightrope, you know, it's making people happy, but still having TV shows that create new content yeah. and push the storylines forward. And in my opinion, I think they've done a really good job with that. Well, at this pace too, what the hell is Canon going to look like? And let's say they <laughs> stuck to Canon and for 20 years the hell is that gonna look like it gives me anxiety michael at this pace because that this would not have been the case if there weren't streaming platforms yeah canon would look a whole lot different 20 years from now if this didn't exist now it's like how much can we pump out in five years it's like oh my god and it's all figurating inside itself and story after story after story after story how are they going to keep this stuff straight i've mentioned this before i think i it gives me anxiety about if my if son or daughter are ever into Star Wars on the level that I am. I don't know if that's possible. It will. But. <laughs> we will make sure that happens. I really feel they're still way too young for it. And so I haven't, like, shoved it in front of their yeah. face too much. Yeah. Um, And it kind of gives me anxiety about how much further things will develop by the time maybe they yeah. are old enough yeah. to get in more. And it's like, gosh, once they realize how big this thing is are they going to get into it? i guess you can feed people yeah the right bite-sized pieces to start out to yeah. get them interested that you won't overwhelm them but it does like give me this weird anxiety to think like what if eventually they are really into it and i have to like help them navigate through like yeah what should i do next there's so much uh, i don't yeah. know Yes, between the books, the yeah. comics, the TV shows, the movies, yeah. the different, like, side shows. I mean, when we were talking about, um, oh, God, it was that there was a comic that we were reading, and we were talking about the Blue Butterfly, and we were talking mm-hmm. about how Kylo Ren and the yeah. Blue Butterfly showed up in some, like, mini series for children yeah, on the, the Disney Rolly channel. Yeah. And it's, like, e- even stuff like that, it's just, like, there's so much content, which is great. But, yes, extremely overwhelming. Even now, like, when there are people who are trying to get into Star Wars, and if anybody asks me, like, where do I start? Yeah. I guess the movies. Yeah. You can't say start at the beginning because it's kind of like. <laughs> yeah, no, at this Go point. Go read the High yeah. Republic novel and then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. Exactly. So I can you imagine 20 years from now <laughs> Luke's kids are like fully invested in canon and Lucasfilm says we're resetting everything. Oh my god. I mean, I think yeah, I I can see well, Luke out there protesting with them. <laughs> right? But, but imagine I mean, 20 years from now, kids who are getting in the Star Wars 20 years from now, are they even going to want to watch the original trilogy? It's going to be all shorts. No, it's Star Wars will be five minutes. Star segments. Wars TikTok. Tick- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's all it will be. Then that will, because the attention span, I feel like, of, of these newer generations, it's just like. I can't hold it. They're going to have to fine-tune the, 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 the product to that going forward. They already are with ver- the very young generations, yeah, with the roly-poly things and all that silly stuff. But, I mean, how can you get that deep into storytelling 
like we enjoy and this these kinds of conversations with a five minute clip weekly of something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, yeah, that, that gives me anxiety now thinking about the future. <laughs> now we're of Star all anxious. Wars. Not my Star Wars. Oh my god! We used to watch three hour movies. Uh, no, we never did. They were never three hours long. They should have been though. Rise of Skywalker should have been. Holly's, I, we're not, Holly's like, we're not. You are baiting me into having a I conversation know. about now the he's Rise of me. Skywalker. Um, well, yeah, it was that was a fun episode. Um, I, I hope we get more uh, crime underground workings. While we were all talking about this, I was thinking like how we give we give Omega this pass was just like, wow, she's so young, she's so naive. But like, I think about the Bad Batch. They've lived a very simple life, just like the other clones. Like, they've been given a mission. They go out and do it, and they come back. Mostly killing droids, destroying Kill, droids. Destroying droids. That's droids. Yeah. <laughs> Not very stimulating. I'm sure after a while when you learn how to destroy them. But it's just like they're also out in this world that they've never experienced. And so the idea of, like, saving, you know, slavers or, you know, or, like, like ridding the world of slavers and, 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 and taking up this cause, like, what is that to them? Like, you know, we, we, we need to be on the good side of history. It's like, they, how can they tell? You know, they're really not that different than Omega when I think about it now. Like, they still have to grapple with all these things they're experiencing the first time. And uh, probably should have stuck around with Saul Guerrero some more because he would have led him down the right path. But. Well, I think that actually that's probably one of, the, at least to me, that seems like it's one of the intentional themes of the show because yeah. I think that there are a lot of people who grow up questioning, like, what what do I do now? Yeah. You know, like, what's the right thing to do? And you kind of, like, as a human, you have to navigate that and you have to, you know, develop all these facts and this information and kind of categorize it and make those decisions for yourself based on the experiences that you have and they're just now getting to that point but I feel like I mean I feel like that that maybe is intentional yeah yeah it's crazy um it yeah it just took me a bit to really say they're really not that different than than Omega yeah she's a kid but like the experiences that they've had are not that dissimilar they've been sheltered in a way Big but, time. But at the same time, I I don't know, our definition of sheltered, I wouldn't consider somebody yeah. who's in the mili- military <laughs> as being sheltered. Exactly. But they have a very specific skill set, and that's all they've been allowed to do and to experience. Yeah, great point. So. Great point. Uh, Luke, did this episode lead us into any idea where we're going at all? Are we just going to end up <laughs> on some other planet with ship problems again and uh, run into Obi-Wan Kenobi? No, like I was saying about the design of these animated seasons, we're in the period where we're bouncing around to planets and characters and mini plots that we really have no idea where they're going or when we're going to get a touch point on the the through line big plot again, which we know we're going to get crosshair at some point. Uh, This whole intriguing thing about will Boba Fett come into the mix or not? What's going on with Jabba? Yeah, uh, that that will all kind of what Fennec Shand and who is she working for? Rex, we still haven't met. Yep, we know these big plot points are out there. We just don't know when they're going to be sprinkled in. So I have absolutely no idea at this point. I know we're going to get to all those things in one way or another this season. It's just at this point the sequencing of the episodes that you you don't know because we're in this middle period where it's more about. What are the characters experiencing? How are they growing individually? Yeah. How are they changing as a group? All of that. And then 
just wait and see when when the the through line comes comes back in as a major part of an episode absolutely i mean we could are we halfway through the season quarter of the way through i have no idea we'll assume it's 20 episodes or so i mean that seems to be the case with a lot of the animated shows like we yeah. were saying earlier so i i think I, we're eight I, in then if you count the yeah. first one as three yeah we're seven good point eight good in. point good point yeah so we've got we've got a little time to go. I I just I just imagine Rex showing up on Tatooine, finding Obi Wan Kenobi. And you think hot. we're gonna end up on Tatooine? All roads lead to Tatooine. Hundred percent, we're gonna be back on Tatooine <laughs> at some point, and I feel like Rex will be there. And I just I don't know why. I kind of picture Omega, Rex, and Obi Wan sitting around a fire on Tatooine. And her just being really curious about old Obi Wan. I feel something in him. I feel something. I don't want to play up this whole force sensitive thing too much, but boy, that would be insane. Because you never, I mean, it doesn't seem like she's really met anyone like that. Um, so that could be really interesting. She hears about the Jedi. I don't know if she ever really encountered any. Maybe she did on Camino, but it's not like a ton of Jedi are hanging out on Camino. Yeah. Um, I just feel like, boy, she could learn a lot from old Obi Wan, but. Will we? I don't know. We have an Obi-Wan show going. If we look at the bad, or the Bad Batch, the Mandalorian, they teased the hell out of everything that was coming live action with Ahsoka and everything else they're doing. It's just like, why wouldn't maybe they'll tease a little Obi-Wan action? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, everything really is tied in, though. I think Luke was kind of saying this earlier. Like, we meet so many of these characters in the Mandalorian. We met them in the Clone Wars, and just continuing their stories and they drop all these hints but nobody knows what it means until nobody after knows. and then you're like oh yeah so i i, I kind of like that though where it's kind of like a mystery that you can get excited about but you're not quite sure why you know what i miss though what i miss like with rebels when rebels would air on television before before there was streaming platforms you know long long time ago uh did i sound like gandalf that there? was very good gandalf yes thank you yes. thank you Wizards never reveal their secrets. I think he says. Uh, okay. No, go ahead. No. Cor- correct me on my Gandalf. No, no uh, please. I welcome it because I'm working on my Gandalf. We'll move on. Okay, we'll move on. Um. Oh, now I lost my thought. A wizard is never late. Yeah, that's what I was. <laughs> that was say. actually the quote that I was going. That's with. what I was going to say, yeah, but right. then that's I was precisely like, precisely what it means to. I totally was going to do that when I failed it. I've only seen probably Lord of the Rings a couple times. You were saying about streaming services being a new thing. Oh, what I really loved. Yeah, thank you, Holly. Thank you for that glorious memory that you have. (laughs) Um, I loved when we would get a big old cliffhanger and then they would take a break for a few weeks because we were getting like a Rogue One release or something. Boy, the anticipation of just like having that and knowing you were on a cliffhanger on Rebels and then you're going to the theater to see an epic Star War and then you know in a few weeks we're going to pick back up where we left off. I miss those times. I miss that anticipation. It's fun waking up on a Saturday morning watching this, but man, I like the cliffhangers. You know what I miss? Bring Star Wars back into the movie theaters. <laughs> Oh, no, well, yeah, but no. Yeah. Uh, that's not what I was going to say. Okay. I miss t- episodes of TV shows airing at a reasonable time where it doesn't get <laughs> yes. spoiled for you Great at point. 9 o'clock the next morning. Yeah. There's something to Oh, that. my text was too revealing. No, not oh, you. No, not, <laughs> damn, Luke did it again. God damn it, Luke. Yeah. No, no. That was not directed <laughs> at you. That was just an example 
Twitter, yeah. it's like it was more so with the Mandalorian, but yeah. it's like when things air on the Pacific Coast, like I get it. Like it's tough to be on the West Coast and have something uh, air at five PM yeah. on the East Coast, yeah. and then you're like, yeah, two o'clock here, and we're still working, but these people are off, and then everyone spoils it for you. But when it's like you people could be up at midnight and watch it, but we're asleep because it's three a.m. Yeah, and then we wake up at seven o'clock, and everybody spoiled the hell out of it on Twitter. It's like, come on, I'm not sure why they do that. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know strange. what the reason for it is. I'm sure they have one, but yeah, you could easily make it nine they used to air the the disney xd stuff like rebels at 10 p.m on a thursday or yeah. some some weird shit like that like yeah you can well, do that even even the friends reunion hbo the was like get out of no, here you're not gonna let me watch it did you watch no, the friends reunion without it. me i just know <laughs> that I'm, HBO, I, I feel like you watched it without me why stop it how do you know about this because okay HBO. When no one knows that life was gonna be this way. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. I can't with you too. It's <laughs> great with the cameras, and I could flip flip right when you knew the moment was coming. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, my point being that HBO was like, we're not gonna air the Friends reunion until like 7 p.m. Yeah. At this time, Smart. like theirs didn't even release at like midnight, you know, and it kind of like is better at building anticipation. I get that that's a different kind of anticipation for, like, a reunion show than it is for, like, an episode of The Bad Batch. But you know what I'm saying. I just wish that they would change the timing of when these were released. I love that we have the access. I love that I can watch it whenever I want. It's fantastic. As many times as you want. There's just something about it. I don't want to sound like some old geezer, but there's (laughs) something about when it airs, and you got to be ready to watch it, and you got to sit and wait through the commercials. (laughs) And then it was hop right on and do a reaction or a review after. I don't know. It was kind of, those, those were fun, different times. Um, but the access that we have is unprecedented and I can go watch it right now. If I want, I got to watch That's it 50 true. times. So watch it a hundred times. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. And we're not going back from that. Um, but I just, I just miss that anticipation. I miss those times. It was good. We'll get back to it. Good time. We'll get back to it. There's going to be star Wars in cinema. It's going to be amazing. We're all going to go and see it probably four times. It's been way too much money. Um, cause that, I don't want to watch in my home. I just don't. When I make a star Wars movie, I'm going to the theater. I wonder. Well, you spend all that money cause you get the large corn. Oh, you got to yeah. get a large corn, large Coke, and you got to just go to town and on it. And you got to have them layer the butter. Often we have the corn done almost before the previews are over. I mean, you just gotta. Usually it's Holly. Okay. But I wonder how they're going to do it because like, uh, okay, so Cruella just came out yeah. and it came out on Disney Plus, but it also came out in theater. So you could do either or. And I wonder if for the Star Wars stuff, if they're going to do it like that or if they're going to do only theaters yeah. or. I feel like yeah. that model is going to fade the further uh-huh. we get away from yeah. the peak of the pandemic. Yep. Like that was just the the fallback for the pandemic, and now, yeah. like you said, it used to be some of them just started coming out only in that mode because, like, none of the theaters were open. Yeah. And now we're getting this hybrid model where, like, okay, we're going to release it on the streaming platform for an, a surcharge, yeah. or you can actually go to the theater and see it. Yeah. I think the biggest releases will eventually return to, no, for the first however many months this thing is out, you got to go to a theater to see this thing. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I, I think would – maybe I'm wrong. I'm no – industry insider or like great prognosticator of the film industry. Or is he? So I could be totally wrong and they could stick to this hybrid model like with Corella forever going forward. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like for the very biggest movies, your Marvels, Star Wars, whatever, yeah. it's eventually going to be 
exclusively in the theaters for at least a certain amount of time. I think that, I mean, I think that that makes sense. I'm like you, I'm not like an expert on how much money these studios make Mm -hmm. and the theaters and stuff, but I just feel like, I don't know. I kind of miss going to the movies. I love the movies. And then you know what I love that you used to hate it. And then you now love it. Because I like the popcorn. That's it. <laughs> you ju- that's it. That's, I'm here for the popcorn. Guys, Once the previews are done, the corn's gone. I'm out. I'm really more Thanks of like... Thanks for the $12 okay. ticket. I'm more of like a TV show person than a movie person, a film person. But well, That's changing a little bit. You're getting... The yeah. Film. Yeah, I'm getting into movies a lot more. The yeah. other day, I actually wanted to watch a movie instead of a TV show. Yeah. Because I didn't have eight hours to dedicate to finishing it. Yeah, because that's the problem. The streaming of a television show turns into a three movies because you have that access and you just binge and binge and binge and binge and binge. I know. Anyway. <laughs> well, guys, that was a, a fun and interesting conversation. Um, who knew uh, episode five, uh, Rampage, would cause such a stir, such a conversation. Um, but it was fun. Enjoying the Bad Batch. Still on board with it. Um, looking forward to it each and every week. Um, the other interesting thing is, guys, uh, I think Loki's going to be starting soon on uh, Disney+. Plus. So it's like, I, are they going to take a break from Bad Batch? And No? I don't think so. so. They're airing at the same time. Okay. I think they're, I mean, they're aimed at two different audiences, I think. <laughs> Maybe not, but. You met the nerds on the internet? Oh, uh, I don't want to. Sorry, oh. just kidding. Love the nerds on the internet. Love them so much. Um, but yeah, fun conversation. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, so I believe we'll have uh, this episode coming to you soon. And then also an episode of last month's Casual Council that we didn't get to air yet. Life has been crazy and busy, but we are, are getting things back in order and on time. So enjoy that as well. Um, any any final thoughts, Holly? Any knowledge for the for the listeners? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I know that was a boring answer. No, that was a great answer. Luke, how about you? Any any parting words for, for the <laughs> listeners? Beer cans empty, so's the brain. <laughs> so is the brain. Time to go. My brain is always empty, guys, as you know it. Luckily I have these two wonderful folks here to help me out with the Star Wars discussion. But I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Um stay safe out there. Holly, they need to be reading Catalyst, right? We're gonna be coming up or Catalyst. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, there's just not enough space, like I said. No, that was correct. Yes, uh, Catalyst. Catalyst. Almost thought we were talking about the wrong book there. What uh, if it is the wrong book? Oh I've my. been reading the wrong book the whole time. Yes, the, Catalyst, the, a Rogue One prequel. Okay, perfect. Yeah. If you haven't read it, get on it, guys. You've got a, a few more weeks here now, but uh, we'll be talking about that here next month. Um, but yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Uh, take care of each other. Be safe, and may the Force be with you always. <laughs>